your host Matt, and with me as always is my co-host Lorna. Hello. How are you today? Um, I'm pretty good. How are you? Okay. If you've never listened to the podcast before, um, we do reports on hidden moments and topics and events and people from history. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm strongly and, agreeing there. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, tend to do a couple of couple of yeah, reports. Our new format is a couple of events, people, stuff in the same Stories. one. Yep. Related um, by a, um, a, a, a keyword. Yeah, a theme. And the theme this week, Lorna? Disney. Disney. Oh, love it. This was a tough one. Yeah, it was. You gave me the word Disney yesterday. I gave it you last week, Matthew. <laughs> and I struggled to uh, to find stuff. Keep full naming you today. So I am. Um, thank you, Lorna. <laughs> so, oh, well, I learned yesterday that mm-hmm. if you say people's names in the middle of sentences, it, it soothes them, makes Lorna. Makes them feel valued. So I'm going to start doing that more, <laughs> Lorna. Uh, Not every makes time. Makes you feel valued, doesn't it, Lorna? Um, <laughs> You're saying it at the end of every sentence here. Okay, Lorna, I won't do it anymore. <laughs> So, Lana, Lana. <laughs> you've said my name that much now. You don't know what it's like. Is going to report first. I am, and then indeed. I, I, uh, I've got some interesting facts at the end. Mm-hmm. Fascinating facts. Do you want to link them in or just? I can do. Yeah, I can chuck them in. Mine are all about uh, the theme parks of Disneyland. Ooh, Disneyland, Disney World. Cool. I don't know what they all are called, but yeah, Florida, um, California. Paris. Hong Kong. Shanghai. Tokyo. I think that's all of them. Did we say Paris? Yeah, you said Paris. We'll do that. Yeah. yeah. I think that's all of them. Yeah. So, are you Brilliant. ready for me to start? Yeah. So, I've done a couple of uh, people from history, and it's um, Disney's first female artists. Okay. Um. So, the early days of uh, Disney, they were filled with just male writers and male artists. There weren't many females. Um, and when women started to work for Disney, they started in the background and they weren't um, doing the actual animation. They were just working in the ink and paint department, which you will know about, won't you, Matt? Because you know a bit about illustration. No. From comics. Okay. Yeah, but it's a bit different, but okay. But, so like, this is like the colours part. Yeah, they're doing the colours. So they're not doing the drawing, are they? They're not doing, no. Sorry, I thought you would know a bit no, more No, I didn't know anything. I thought that. you would help me out. Um, so the first person, it, she's still called, an important job, doing the colours. Well, it is, but if you're a good artist and you can draw, I would want to be drawing, not not painting in the backgrounds. Yeah, like I think if you're interested in colours, fair enough. But a lot of these women are very talented. Um, so I will talk about some of the first women to work at Disney and one of the first female animators. Okay. So, um, the first one that we'll talk about is Bianca Maggioli. Um, she was the first female hired by Disney to be part of the story department. Um, she was born in Rome in 1900 and she came to the US as an ex- exchange student and she went to the same schools as Walt Disney. And she only remembers seeing him once because he dropped out to join the Red Cross and then he came back into school and she remembers seeing him in his G.I. Joe uniform apparently. So. Um, Very dashing. Yeah, this was at the McKinley High School in Chicago. Um, Quite lucky it went to the same high school. I know, because that comes in handy for her a bit mm. later on. 
Um, after finishing school, she studied at the Art Institute of Chicago and the Leonardo da Vinci School of Art, which was in New York. And then she went on um, to be a freelancer on fashion assignments. Um, after being a freelancer, she got a job as an art director and brochure designer for J.C. Penney. Have you heard of J.C. Penney? Yes. It's like a big American brand. Didn't um, well, um, I've got a fact, and I think it's to do with Christmas, to do with J.C. Penney, but I can't remember what it is. I didn't really look up J.C. Penney, so I don't know. Sorry. I don't know if they. I don't know if I mentioned them in my Christmas episode. I don't know. It rings a bell. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's half an interesting point there from Matt. I think they create. I, they didn't create the Red Santa Claus. They did something. Are they, you sure it was J.C. Penny? No. I don't think it was. Do you not? For some reason, it just don't ring a bell. Okay. I want to say Coles. Yeah, but you're but thinking of Miracle on 34th Street. Anyway, we'll move on from the Christmas chat. <laughs> oh. In 193? <laughs> it's a good wow. job I know what year that is. I'm that good. I've made a mistake on my notes, everyone. I've wrote 193 instead of 1934, but I know it. Oh, really? Yeah. That is good that you know So, that. in 1934, she decided to write a letter to Walt Disney to promote her work, and he replied that he would be glad to meet her, and a year later they met for lunch. Oh. He and, must have a booked schedule. Uh. I know, but in, like loads of the reports say where they met for lunch, but I've never heard of it, so I didn't include it. I hope okay. that's okay. Um, uh, so they met, she brought a portfolio, and he offered her a job straight away, on immediately, spot. on the spot. Uh, yeah. It was a six-month apprenticeship in the story department, and the pay was $18 a week. Uh, this was 60 to $70 lower than her male colleagues. Walt Disney, the absolute scumbag. <laughs> Not good, though, is it? That's disgusting. Um, the department had at least 15 men and they had story conferences mainly to come up with slapstick-driven ideas. Okay. So they focused on Laurel and Hardy-style cartoons here rather than feeling is, a lot. Is this after Fantasia? No, no, no. So I'll get on to Fantasia. Okay. Um, quite a lot of these women were involved in Fantasia. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So... Um, when she was in the role, she wrote a 13-page script called The Romance of Baby Elephant, and she submitted it, and this eventually became Elmer Elephant. I don't really I know don't Elmer know. that I much, but I think it is Dumbo famous. Then. No, no, it did go on to influence Dumbo as well. But her script was an affectionate story, and it allowed other artists to learn that emotion supports the humour, because I think they weren't really focused on emotion. Mm. No, emotional stories. Now it is very focused <clears throat> on that, isn't it? Yep. Um, yes and she also worked on disney's silly symphonies some of which were completed and others which weren't so disney's silly symphonies were a series of shorts that were quite successful and then when they went on to be unsuccessful they developed fantasia so fantasia is essentially a compilation of silly symphonies what a silly short like slapstick shorts i don't think they're like slapstick shorts i think they are shorts based on music so i don't know if you know fantasia's based on um i think it's tchaikovsky's music mm. do you know anything about fantasia um i have one fact for you which Go i learned yesterday the sorcerer in fantasia or one of the sorcerers is called yen sid which is mm-hmm. disney backwards oh yeah off that for you well, that's a good one but anyway fantasia is um it's basically like a series of I know Mickey Little cartoons to music. So, like, the March of the Sugar Plum Fairy. 
the Sugar Plum Fairy song. Oh yeah, from from uh, Swan Lake. Yeah, that one. They do like fairies dance to that one. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then so the, they brought them all together. So these are essentially very similar to the silly symphonies, okay. but they brought them all together in Fantasia. Um, but back to Bianca. Oh yeah. The first big project that she worked on was Pinocchio. So this was the first full-length film she worked on. Um, she translated the novel by Carlo Collodi to English, and she suggested where the story could be improved for the big screen. So she was really like useful so this for was Walt after Disney Fantasia. there. Because um, Fantasia was the first one, wasn't it? Was it like 1938 or something? I don't know. A lot of these came out at the same time. There's, oh. there's a bit of overlap between where they work, so I don't know. Okay. She might have translated Pinocchio before Fantasia. Maybe. Though, and it was being worked on. Um, News got out that Walt Disney had hired a female and an expose was done on Bianca by the Hollywood Citizen News. I think it's like a newspaper. Yeah. Um, in that expose, they never even mentioned her name. I thought that's a bit rude. Very um, rude. But Bianca took it well, and on the copy of the article that was passed around the office, she wrote, who is this girl, sarcastically. Obviously, mm. everybody knew it was her. Um, she was responsible for a lot of the early concept work for stories such as Peter Pan, Bambi, Cinderella, and Fantasia's Nutcracker Suite. Oh, okay. Um, she created sketches for Peter Pan and paintings of flower dances and dancing mushrooms for Fantasia. So she wasn't an actual animator, but I think she did sketches and planning Okay. So she's more of a concept artist, so she comes up with the concept yeah. and the ideas, and then somebody else will draw it. Mm-hmm. Um, she's credited for elevating the art of Disney storytellers, and other animators said she taught them valuable lessons, one being that without emotional appeal, their stories and comedies would have been fragile. Um, she was fired unceremoniously oh. in 1940. Um, that's what one account says, but another account says that she left Disney in 1940 on an extended vacation after working on The Ugly Duckling. Um, she'd taken a sabbatical because she'd lost a bit of interest. When she returned, she found a position had been filled. Got it. But I guess, like, if I left my job, they'd have to fill it. Yeah. You can't just leave a job open for someone if they don't know when she's coming back and stuff. Need to t- take a career break. And then they, sh- they would have hired someone on a secondment temporarily. Mm. Um... So, she no longer works for Disney, but she continued working as an artist and eventually turned her focus to ceramics and glass panels. So, she moved away from animation side of it. She married a gentleman called Carl Heelborn and they opened the Heelborn Studio Gallery. I'm glad it was a gentleman. Yeah. And then, um, all I have a hint is that she worked in ceramics and glass panels and then she died in 1997. I think she had a good life, though. She was the first... Female to be hired by Walt Disney in the in the studios. Good, though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. She was seen to work on a lot of the important early films as well. I think a lot of these women worked on that I'll get onto worked on similar ones, and I think that that was a some of them have been credited as being groundbreaking and oh. influencing late Disney. Oh. Do you want to give us a few facts before I go on to mm. Sylvia? I can give you a couple of facts. Go on then. I've, I've titled my document Weird Facts About Disney World. <laughs> um, so I'll just give you a couple about um, the characters at Disney World. You spoke about Mickey Mouse. Well, we didn't. We spoke about Fantasia. Yep. Mickey Mouse is one of them. So um, <clears throat> Disney World Florida opened in 1971, yep. which was quite a bit after the original Disney World. That resort, just an interesting fact, is about the same size as San Francisco. Seriously? Pretty big, that, isn't it? 
Um, you I'm, are joking. I'm not joking. <laughs> wow. Um, Walt Disney was dead by this point. 1966, he died, I believe. Wait, so... He saw California open. I always get thrown off because Florida seems like the main one to me, but California was the first, Yeah, California's right? the first So one. California's actually the main one. Um, I don't know. I'm not really that big on Disney, to be honest. I know. <gasps> but we're going! Uh, we might be going in Tokyo. No, we are. But, um, no, isn't the one in, in Florida the massive one? Because the land's a lot cheaper, so they bought, oh, like, loads it? of... Land and they have all the different worlds you go to and everything. Yeah, they have Animal Kingdom, Epcot, Magic Kingdom, Typhoon Lagoon. Have you been to this one? Yeah. Okay. I've been twice. Okay, so um. Typhoon Lagoon. So okay. Well, that sounds good. Um, so he was already dead five years earlier, Mm -hmm. but he'd noticed an issue with the original Disneyland design in California, and um, do you know what the issue was? I know this is a very difficult question. Think about um, the fact there's lots of different lands in the park. So they might be like Adventureland, I don't know what there is, Tomorrowland, etc. And think about the characters of each land. Do you have any idea what he thought the issue was? No. He he didn't like the fact that costumed characters had to run through the wrong lands to get to their allocated place. You're joking. You know, like... If you if it's like a Toy Story area and then you've got Woody going through like he has to walk from, through like wherever like the castle Mickey Mouse yeah. place to get there. I'm glad we know all the lands there. <laughs> Mickey Mouse place to get to Toy Story place. No, it's not. It's not like that as much though because the the Mickey and Minnie and stuff. They're when every, I went, they're everywhere. Yeah, but isn't there still like you know like cowboy stuff like one area, future stuff in another area? Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. I do, yeah. They have the same in Paris, I think, like mm-hmm. five different lands. So he thought that spoiled the magic of the park. So he came up with an elaborate tunnel system beneath the park, which allowed you actors in Disney in Florida in in yeah in Florida uh, oh to put on God. so that the actors could put on the costumes and then appear in the right land. Um, and apparently, the entire park is built on a gentle incline to accommodate this. For me, I don't know if. That, that means seems excessive. If that means they actually have to walk through tunnels from like for like a mile to get from point A to their land, or whether there's that under where whether like the changing rooms are underground in the middle. Maybe or whatever. yeah. It just seems weird that I would just build a like staff house in that land, and you just walk in your regular clothes, go into the staff house, and then maybe have a little tunnel if you want tunnels <laughs> to appear like somewhere else in the land. Yeah, but I think it's trying to limit the amount of changes. So if you're in, you're in Toy Story Land and yeah. you're in your outfit, fine. There's a staff house you've got to change there. But if you need to go on the parade, and the parade starts in Mickey Mouse Land, you don't. You've already started your shift. You don't know after be getting changed, putting everything in your bag to carry it across. Mm. And you can't walk through the parks as Woody. You have to go in the tunnels. Mm. I don't know if that is true, but it sounds true. Sounds good to me. Um, we got another fact. Yeah, this is. I'm just keep with the uh, the characters. Mm-hmm. Speaking of characters, um, they have certain rules they have to abide by. Do you have any ideas what they might be? Um, I think if you get, you can't take you think you can't take your outfit off. Um, I don't know why, but recently, yeah, never break character. Yeah, someone one. said that 
there was I don't know if it was Disney or they were somewhere and they got so hot in this thing and ev like pe- there's people like fainting and stuff but they couldn't take the masks off and someone was sick in the thing oh. in like the you know the head yeah <laughs> unpleasant yeah and they just had to keep it on never break a character is one mm-hmm. or sitting down which is weird seriously yeah do you, you very rarely see them sat down do you no only maybe on like photos pictures. yeah that's what I thought uh, never using the word no toughness i don't know that is tough. and never pointing a direction out with a single finger why seen as rude apparently so you point with two two seems <laughs> cocky right you know when someone's like like a gun yeah i'd be good for woody though two fingers Bam. yeah it seems cocky to me the park also had another rule until 2016 that staff couldn't grow beards why was it reversed? I didn't know that was reversed. That's because Walt Disney didn't like facial hair. Even though he had a moustache. Bizarre. Very it's one strange. rule for one and one rule for everyone else. I know. But why has it been reversed? I'm not sure. But it's not nice, is it? There's loads of rumours that if if you... Like, when people didn't know that Walt Disney didn't like beards, like, if you didn't know that fact, a lot of people were like, yeah, because beards are creepy. Like, to kids. Oh, really? <laughs> Apparently, but I don't beards know, are, I don't know which one it is. I think it's because Walt Disney didn't like him. There you go. And link, um, that links into the very first guests at Disney Disney World who were not allowed to go in. Not allowed admission if you had uh, facial hair. Facial hair, As if. Am I, I fa- only told everyone before. Mm, you wouldn't like to queue for hours, would you, to get No, in? otherwise you spent a lot of money there. Mm. And fin- my final fact about um, characters in Disney World. Mm-hmm. Disney princesses have to be a certain body type. Yeah, I know. It's really annoying. Between 5'4 and 5'7". I just meet him. Uh, Tinkerbell, Alice and Wendy have to be smaller, between 4'11 and 5'2. It's bizarre that though, because surely you can't... Why is we up this? Because surely you can't... That's heightest. Yeah, so you're not allowed to have a beard. Like, yeah. Thick. I'm sure they have le- like, they've spoke to the HR department and yeah. it's okay. Oh, I'd hate to be HR in, in Disney World, <laughs> to be honest. Also, Tinkerbell is a, is a tiny fairy, like... Then a child. She's always too big. She'll always be too tall. Yeah. Do you want to uh, tell us more about your? I will. So people. Um. Once Bianca left, so she left her job nineteen forty, and it was position was filled. The position was filled by a lady called Sylvia Mobley Holland. Okay. Um, she was the second woman hired for the story department. Not only was she a talented artist, she was also an accomplished musician and a world-renowned cat lover. I read that she was a pioneer for the Balinese cat breed. So in the 1960s and 1970s, she got the cat breed going, I think. Got them going? Well, I think she bred the cats and then it... Oh, right. She's world-renowned. World-renowned for this. Yeah. Okay. Um... I put her story is cute because it was after seeing Snow White for the first time that she was inspired to work for Disney. Um, and it's said that she left the theatre with stars in her eyes. That's... She needs to go see the doctors. <laughs> uh, her dream came true. I put how Disney. Her dream came oh, true. Yes. In 1938 when she was hired and she worked on Fantasia. I had so much Fantasia talk today. Yeah, there's more. She was responsible for direction, concept art, colour studies, timing and supervising other artists. Um, She's known for her concept art and this inspired two parts of Fantasia, the iconic pastoral symphony and the Waltz of the Flowers. 
um, I did watch some of these and it's just like fairies dancing or flowers dancing okay. and stuff to music. Um, she became Disney's first female um, story director for the fairy sequence within Fantasia. But this led to a lot of conflict in the story department as male members of staff did not like taking orders from a female. Mm. Um, in addition, some members of a team had to be transferred from working on the fairy sequence due to homophobia and harassment from others. Um, so she was facing a number of challenges yeah. trying to direct this this short piece that will be part of a bigger piece. Um, despite this constant rotation of artists, the fairy sequence was a success. And some have called it one of Fantasia's most beautiful sequences. What did you think? Um, it's pretty good. I yeah. quite like the idea of Fantasia, though. It's cute. I don't know what the idea is. <clears throat> well, they just have like fairies dancing and stuff and different music to different that dances. That does sound to, like something you'd like. To um, like Tchaikovsky and things. Okay. Ballet music. Um, for a long time, she was the closest any female got to being a director at Disney. Um, that was until Jennifer Lee on Wreck-It Ralph. Mm, I like Wreck-It Ralph. It's good what film. year did that come out? Um, 20... What year are we now? 2015? 2014? Oh, I thought it was a bit older. <clears throat> We're doing the second one. 2012? Who knows? Really? Well, not you. Not no, me. No, I only watched it like two years ago. I watched it the other week. It's good. It is nice. It's good, yeah. Um, Sylvia was held in high regard by Walt Disney, who noted that she was a highly talented artist with a marvellous sense for decoration and colour, and she contributed immensely to the good taste and beauty of our pictures, of their films. Yeah. That's what he said. She was laid off and lost her job at oh. the end of World War Two, but she continued making art and con um, continued her passion until she died in 1974. Oh. It seems to be a bit of a common theme, because... Everyone dies, yeah. Well, that, but also a lot of them, the jobs changed after World War Two, and they were hired just before World War Two. Mm. Well, she was hired in 1940, so it's in World War Two. Yeah. Because it seems like, so, in a way, it's a bit, it seems a bit like these ladies were given jobs just because the men, a lot of men were freed up for the front line. Mm. Well, in 1940, America weren't involved with it. But they're focusing on the war effort, so yeah. men might leave their jobs as artists to be, do a more manual job, potentially. Essentially. Oh, well. Right, so that was Sylvia. Good. Do you want me to talk through yeah, the yeah. next person? Yeah, talk through the next person, yeah. Um, the next person was Retta Scott, and she was the very first female to animate for Disney. And she's the first female to receive screen credit for animating. Oh, that's good. Mm -hmm. I was just going to say, did any of these people get so on credited? IMDb, Bianca is credited, but not for all of the ones that apparently she worked on. And she's not credited as an animator. She's credited as like a story artist okay. as in the story department. But not all the ones that I listed. I think she's only credited for two. Right. Or three. Um, so back to Retta. As a student, she spent a lot of time sketching animals at the zoo. Uh, and this must be, have been beneficial because in 1938, she was hired to work on Bambi as a story development artist. Um, at first, she'd been uninterested in working for Disney because of the cartoon shorts that the company had been known for. Um, but she was convinced to work on Bambi, and this was in production and was a full-length film about animals. It so was. she draws at the zoo. Yeah, making that it's connection. a good link, that. I also have never seen Bambi, I don't think. Oh, it is so sad. It's very short. It isn't like that and Dumbo, aren't they both like 50 minutes long or something? I, I don't, don't know how long it like... is, but it's so sad. I've, I don't watch that one again. 
No. I watched it when I was younger. I don't really fancy watching it again because it's so sad. I know the vague story. I think I've seen bits of. I think I've seen bits of all of them. Yeah, a lot. I, get I think the idea. I've seen a lot of them when I was younger, and I can't really remember. I think anymore. Dumbo has a really creepy like LSD sequence. Probably. Very trippy. Yes. So also the Snow White one is very scary. What the old Snow White? I think so. Yeah, the witch in like the mirror and stuff. Oh yeah. I think she's creepy. Anyway, so yeah. I just so Retta developed storyboards and was planning to make dogs in Bambi into vicious and mean beasts. Ah. Uh, Disney saw her sketches and promoted her to animate scenes of the dogs. So at first she was just a story artist, and then he he, got, he promoted her to animate them. Um, it was considered a promotion as women were previously only able to do routine tasks such as ink and colouring, which is the laborious part of the animation Ooh, process. Oh, good word, laborious. <laughs> um, but this promotion is to animator is considered to be in part due to the role of other women who worked as storyboard artists such as Bianca and Sylvia who I've mentioned and Mary who I will go oh, on to mention. Paving the way. One. Yep. Other artists at Disney have complimented Retta's ability to draw animals and they stated that no one could match her ability um, at making them look frighteningly realistic. Many men were stunned as they assumed that only men could create drawings with such intensity and skill. How disgusting. We're all the same. We're all humans. We've all got limbs and hands and everything, but only men can draw, apparently. Shocking. Rubbish. This is very similar to last week, isn't it? It is. I was thinking that when I was writing it. Uh, Retta continued working for Disney throughout the war, but like uh, most women, when the war ended, she left the men's job and became a freelancer. Um, It's also thought that she was laid off because of a Disney animator strike in the summer of 1941, but she was one of the few not involved in this strike, but she lost her job anyway. Mm. Um, But she was rehired in 1942, um, but only to assist with educational videos and smaller scale shorts. So because all the men are back, essentially, after... Well, 1942, they're not back yet, but when they all came back, she just worked on educational videos. Like health and safety videos. Probably. She probably recorded that horrible one from, like, 1990. I don't think the one from 1990, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, She retired after getting married in 1946, and her role with Disney was then in a freelance capacity. Um, She continued to impress males who underestimated her ability, and she is noted for working on the big golden book edition of Disney Cinderella so she worked on that in a freelance capacity what's that I'm assuming it's just a big book of Cinderella's of Cinderella like the story of Cinderella I think so um, and she is also credited for working on the films Bambi Fantasia and Dumbo Retta died in 1990 but following her death in 2000 she was named a Disney legend and some say that she opened the doors for women in the animation industry Disney legend how do you get given that title don't know it's like a proper award is it yeah do you want to give us some facts or do you want my last person um whatever you prefer maybe you can i'm I'm halfway through my facts to be honest do you want to give them at the end yeah okay um the last person is mary blair so there are a couple more but there's not an extensive story it seems these four i could find the most about but even so it's only sporadic like Mm. and there's a lot of contradictions yeah, um, because it's they're everyday people as well, aren't they? Yeah, it's always more difficult to find. 
yeah. things about people that aren't famous. Yeah, because these aren't very famous. And also, it said before that Sylvia was the second person hired in, in 1940, but then it said that Retta was hired in 1938, so she must have been the second person. There's just a lot of inconsistencies yeah. that I'm, I wouldn't know without speaking to Disney HR. Yeah, going back and looking yeah. through the records. Yeah, um, which I've not done. Um, so slack, slack research. Um, I tried. Uh, in the last person I'll talk about is Mary Blair. So Mary had a destructive personal life, but the, that did not impact her, the success of her working life. And she's said to be one of the most influential artists in Disney history. I think if you ask people, Mary Blair's probably the one that most people would know about. Right. And then probably Retta Scott because she got an award and she's yeah. credited. And then probably Bianca. Okay. And then Sylvia. Oh. Um, Mary had had some previous animation experience at Metro, Goldwyn, Mare and Ubby Works. I MGM. Think, yeah. But I think Ubby Works links to Disney somehow, but I think that would be a whole different topic. Okay. I think the guy Is it Ubi from... Works? Ubi Works, maybe. I think he works is a surname of oh, someone right. who was friends Ob with E-Works. Disney and I think they started a business and we're gonna go okay. into it together. But that might be someone else, so don't quote me on that one. Well, we will be. Um Mary joined Disney in nineteen forty but she was also reluctant. But she joined anyway. Um, she began working as a concept artist and she had a unique style and was excellent at colour. She left the studio for a short time in 1941 and travelled to South America on a research trip with Walt Disney, Lillian Disney and other artists. Oh. Uh, when she returned, she began animation and colour designs from 1943 onwards and she continued to work for the company for a decade. She worked on Disney films including The Three Caballeros, Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland and Peter Pan. And she's credited with giving each of these films their iconic look. So, the obviously, these will look different than earlier, and Mary's the one who's credited for this. Yeah. Um, another artist said that she was the first person he knew of to use different shades of the same colour next to one another, and this had previously been unheard of. Um, after working on Peter Pan, Mary resigned. She was struggling with a difficult home life and also alcoholism. But she continued working as a freelance graphic designer and she also did some projects which included design and theatrical sets. So as a freelancer, she got more experience outside of Disney, but she also carried on with Disney. Um, Even though she had personal challenges, whilst freelancing, she managed to create her greatest claim to fame. She designed the It's a Small World attraction. She's responsible for the costumes, the locations, the sets and the entire attraction which was built around her designs. And I thought, I love this ride. It's proper cute. It's a bit creepy, I um, think. No, it's cute. And then they copied it in every other park. So right. she created the first one. Yeah, and that was um, <coughs> shown for the first time at the World Fair in 1964. Mm-hmm. Yes, so I do mention that in a second. Walt Disney requested her specifically to work on this because he regarded highly her skills at colour styling. Um that's why I've just said it was originally at the New York's World Fair oh. in 1964 and then yeah. it moved to Magic Kingdom and it's been replicated since at the other yeah. parks. Mary also created more murals that could be showcased in Disney parks, hotels and other attractions. I love a mural. Um, she did this for the new Eye Institute at the University of California in 1966 at the request of Walt, so she created a mural for the waiting room. Um, she also created a mur- mural for the Tomorrowland Promenade in 1967 
and another mural became the focal point of Disney's contemporary resort at Walt Disney World when it opened in 1971. Oh, that's the one in uh, Florida. Yeah. Okay. So I think that's the contemporary is that the hotel the contemporary resort so she created a massive mural there Mm -hmm. mary died in 1978 but after her death her work was recognized multiple times in 1991 she was awarded the disney legend award in 1996 she was given the windsor mckay award and in 2011 on her birthday google had a tribute for her in their google doodles um, she's been credited as bringing a modernist art style to Disney and she did this by using primary colours to provide intense con- contrasts and by using unnatural colours to the image they were depicting so it seems like she it's from my understanding of uh, animation which isn't very good mm. and like illustration now you have to use different shades to provide like levels like but I think back then they just used like block colour yeah yeah so she as the artist said, she was the first person who thought of using like two reds together of slightly different shade next to each other. So it's making it a bit three-dimensional in a way. Giving it layers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She sounds like the most successful to me. She sounds like the most recognised at least. Yeah, yes, yeah, she was. But she wasn't like massively successful. Um, like she, she only worked at Disney for a decade, but she went on a trip with them. It's a long it was time. Pretty good. Um, she still did a lot afterwards as well. Yeah, it's yeah. A small world and. Yeah, All so the murals. yeah, I think I think if Retta Scott had have stayed, because she was the first animator, she might have been more successful. But because it was World War Two and the timing, she didn't mm. stay. But Mary was successful in colour. Yeah, yeah. So the so these four women are essentially credited as being the first females hired by Walt Disney, and also for being bringing emotion and different styles, like a modern colour style. Two. The story. Yeah, because it sounds like if they weren't introduced, it would have just carried on being everybody laugh at Minnie, Mickey Mouse falling over. Like, all getting hit on the head by Steamboat something. Steamboat Willie. Is yeah. That, is that the name of... The thing at the start of the films that comes on now, when he used to have them shorts. Yeah, I think yeah. That, that was a short one. Mm-hmm. Um, good. Do you want me to give you more facts? Yes, please. Just a couple more to wrap up. Um... There's another thing at the theme parks called the Smellitzer device. Any ideas what that's for? Does it release nice Disney smells? It releases... Yeah, it, it, it pumps certain scents around in different areas. I don't so like that. So if you're at the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, for example, it'll be sort of a salty sea salt smell. Uh, and I couldn't think of any other ones. Can you think of any? Um... <laughs> you're probably better with the... With the different areas of uh, all the different rides. Well, I'm not. There's um, Space Mountain, which is a mountain. There's um, mm. it's it's not a mountain. It's a rocket. Yeah. There's Rock and Roll Roller Coaster. There's That's the Mummy Ride. Smells like cocaine and. No, it smells <laughs> like cars. Oh right. Okay. You in a car? Um, there's a Mummy Ride which will smell like a tomb probably. There is Jaws. Jaws there's the Jaws. Is that at Universal? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, that's not Yeah, that's not Disney, I don't think. Are you sure? Well, that might be Universal. Okay. I got confused there. Um, there is also oh, okay. the the mountain with a Yeti on it. There's that one. What does Space Mountain smell like? Probably like a rocket. Okay. Maybe space, but what does but space smell like? Nowhere. Mm. <laughs> not good. Um, yeah, but the kids' ones are easier, like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Chocolate. chocolate. Cars. 
cars. Yeah, like petrol. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's tough. There's a new Star Wars one. Star Wars land opening. Space. Next couple of years. Yeah. Um, speaking of the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean ride, that opened in 1967. You are joking. Yeah, they made a, they based the films on on the ride. I didn't know that. Yeah. Is it? Oh, is it like a ship where it goes up and down? Because I love them rides. I don't like them. They're so good. I don't think it is. I've, I've never been, but apparently the um, they wanted some fake skeletons for this ride, and the only fake mm-hmm. skeletons that were available to the design team were a bit naff. So they actually used real skeletons from the UCLA's oh medical centre. As if that was allowed. I know. It's bizarre, isn't it? Yeah, I think I'd be happy though if my skeleton was used on the ride. I wouldn't mind, to be honest. Okay. A bit Actually, of authenticity. Speaking of some similar to that, I can't remember exactly what it was. Someone on eBay paid to have their name. They paid like thirty-four thousand pounds to have their name put on one of the uh, gravestones at the haunted mansion. Are you joking? Thirty-four grand. Yeah. That's not money. I well think spent, it was like the it? thousandth grade gravestone or something. People are, don't spend it. People are very into this, isn't it? Yeah. People want also, they always ask to sh- um, sh- spread ashes as well. Most people want to spread it at the Haunted Mansion oh, as well for right. some reason. In Disney And parks. no one's ever, they, they always say no, but people have been caught trying to spread their ashes in like the Disney parks. Hmm. Bizarre. That is bizarre. Yeah. Um... There's a, I think I don't know if it's in every part, but they have a Main Street. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's uh, based on 1910 America. Oh. And Tomorrowland is was designed to represent 1986. You mentioned Tomorrowland a bit earlier, was it? 1967 yeah, there's a mural in there. Yeah. So that was designed to represent 1986, Promenade. and both were chosen because they were years of Haley's Comet. Oh. Apparently, does that add up? Is it every 60? Is it every 76 years or so? I thought it was every like 100 and something years. I'll find out. Um, but if you well, have I don't a listen... think they've got that wrong though, would they? No. But if you have a listen to um, our... What episode did I mention here? It's called like Christmas? Christmas one? Yeah, the History of Christmas episode. You'll um, hear me talking about... Yeah, so it was... Hear this comment. The next predicted time is 2061. Yeah. It's been 2061 and it last appeared in 1986. And before then? So it's every 74 to 79 oh, years. Oh, right. Okay. So, yes. 1910 must have been the last time as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Go and have a listen to that episode. I talk about all sorts of things that happened on Christmas. I know it's not very Christmassy at the moment, but you might be listening to this. It's Christmas almost time. Christmas, really. The weather's changing. It's coming. It's coming. Um... Other interesting, that's a little snip, snip bits, that's not right, a bit, tidbits. Disneyland uses forced perspective in their design. Any idea what that means? Does that mean that it's not true to scale, all the buildings and stuff? Uh, yeah, sort of. So, um, the most famous forced, perspe- forced perspective that I remember is from Lord of the Rings to make... Um, like Gandalf look a lot taller and the hobbits look really small. They use false perspective. Oh, so like if you go to that place in uh, South America where it's like the salts and you can put a Pringle thing down and look as if you're walking into a Pringle tube. I don't know what you're talking about. Right, so there's this place and it's like, um, I don't know what it's called, but it's like white and it's called salt something. And you can do perspective. So 
you could we could put a tube of Pringles down in front of a camera. Could you do that anywhere? It doesn't work as well. Oh, does it not? No. You put the tube... And it's you specific, stand really far Yeah, away. and then you can look as though you're walking into the tube of Pringles. Yeah, sort of like that, I guess. Okay. But how does Disney use it? I don't understand. Well, stand. I'm going to explain. Specifically, Sleeping Beauty's Castle. Is that the yep. big castle that they have? Um, I think so. I always thought it was Cinderella's, but it must be Sleeping Beauty's. I don't know. What, the big castle they have? Yeah. Um, It has painted bricks, and they get smaller towards the top. Sneaky, so, so it, it looks like it's sort of going up into the clouds because it's really cool, tall, but it's actually but it's actually not as tall. It's not as tall. It's only I think it was like 189 feet or something. Wow. Um, but that's it looks cool. bigger because they are smaller bricks. So you look up, you're like, oh, that's really far away, but it's not. That is clever. I would never even think of doing that. Um, other weird things about Disney parks. Yeah, go on. Apparently, Walt, I have first name, first yeah, name. Yeah, I, I never liked him as well. He didn't like being called Mr. Disney. Apparently. That's why, I don't know why I'm throwing this fact out as well. Um, I think you all people who work there have the first name on the name badges. I like that though, it's yeah. more personable. I've never had a name badge I've, that says not Miss Barry. Not neither have I. Um, I've just had Lorna. I've had Matt. So, uh, that's interesting. But anyway, Walt placed bins at Disney World 25 steps away from the hot dog stall as he, um, well this was how long it took him to eat a hot dog. But he's one person. Everybody else isn't the same. I know. I wouldn't be like, grab it, munch, 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 munch. Why is he eating on the go? I know. That's what I mean. Have a a break. Go to the bench, have a sit down. Don't get indigestion. Exactly. Yeah, well, I don't agree with that one. (laughs) You should have one right next to it as well, I feel. 125 steps away one next feet. to a bench people like to sit yes, next to a bench next then, to but a not bench. too near a bench Not you don't want to like accidentally put your arm in a bin you know what I mean <laughs> you're we'll leaning be, right well we're planning where the bins are in Disney and we're already struggling <laughs> maybe 25 steps <laughs> is the best way <laughs> probably um, things also get lost in the parks these are things I've never really thought yes, about yes there's something like 200 pairs of sunglasses get lost every day did yeah. you get that one um, well I've got an overall figure. So I was going to ask you what sort of things do you think get lost? It's sunglasses. Okay. It's like a grave of sunglasses. Also, I imagine, right. Well, once I heard um, about this train stations lost and found, and they were talking about the lost and found, and I think it was on TV or something. Okay. And this guy was like, "Yeah, we've just got this prosthetic limb. We've got this oh, walking yeah. stick. There's all sorts like that." And you're like, "How people lost that and not found? Mm. Like, not thought I need that back." So it might be stuff. Is the prosthetic limbs? Um, well, there must be, but I'm thinking of what... Do you think are the most popular things that people leave? You said sunglasses. sunglasses. Yeah, I've got glasses, so I'm putting them. The yeah, same. but that's because you take them off to go on the ride. Yeah. If you get distracted, you don't come back for them. Especially sunglasses, people are like, they're cheap. Yeah. I'll just get a new Unless pair. Unless you get fancy ones. Yeah, I'd go back for them. If they're Ray-Bans, <laughs> you're going back, aren't you? Oh. Some of us don't wear Ray-Bans. Well, I don't either, <laughs> but if, if they were... Um, what else do you think people leave or lose? Lose. Um, cameras. Yep, cameras. Shoes. No. Not shoes. When do you take your shoes off? On rides. Mm, very rarely on rides, I No, think. well, it's because you always wear trainers, but I've gone to okay. parks in dolly shoes, flip-flops, all sorts. You have to take them off. Okay. Um, is it obvious? Yeah. Phones. Phones, yeah. One more thing. Wallets. No, I thought wallets or keys, they didn't come up. What about if it's nice? What if it's quite warm? Hats. Yes. Sun cream. Hats, it's hats. <laughs> okay. So, apparently, 1.65 million pairs of glasses 
have been lost in the park since 1971. So now it's obviously Disney World. Which Think ha- of all Whichever one I said was the one in Florida. 165 million. Yeah, it's no, like not 165 million. 1.65 million. That's crazy. That's a joke. Um, and every year, the park finds on average about 6,000 phones, about 3,500 cameras, and 18,000 hats. I think this is all oh at Disney gosh. World, Florida. Still Obviously, yeah. they should put signs up saying, "Make sure you remember your child hat, yeah. phone, camera, glasses." glasses. <laughs> um, but remember your child last because yeah. there's no lost childs on that list, is there? These are the priority. Eighteen thousand child <laughs> no. childs. No, the priority now is glasses. Children get lost all the time. Yeah, in I got these lost parks. in Asda once. Children, every day in I go to work, I work in Ikea, and it's not a big Ikea. Every time, I might tell you what it is, but there's there's a thing that goes out, and it's basically like a child is lost, or missing a parent, or a parent is lost. Yeah, and I'm really like, not surprised. It, and like, ten minutes later, like, parent found. They don't obviously say this over the time, like, but... It's on your little radio. It's on my little radio, and I'm like, flipping yeah. at children. And it's, it's not, not hard. Big. You follow it. It's one way, Ikea. <laughs> I know. Why are these parents not looking out for the kids? I don't know. Why are these, why are no. these people well, yeah. not looking out I'm not, for their glasses? Well, all right. <laughs> all right. Everyone in Ikea is very nice. Very good parents. Um, <laughs> great customers. <laughs> great customers. So, um, my last fact is about uh, explosives. Ooh. Disneyland, no, Disney World, mm-hmm. is second only to the US military when it comes to purchasing explosives in the US. Are you... What do they need them for? I'm assuming fireworks. Right. <laughs> I thought they were, like, stocking up. They were, like, up. stocking up just in case there's a war. Yeah, I'm so excited to see the parade and the fireworks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's... <laughs> I thought... I read that I was like, what? And then I was like, oh, fireworks. No, yeah, it makes sense every now. day. Yeah, and A lot, lot of them. Yeah. Is that good for the environment? No, it's not. I think we might need to write to them. I might wear a mask if we go somewhere in Tokyo. I'm like... Shaking my finger and wagging my <laughs> finger at Mickey Mouse. You're ruining the environment, Mickey. Walt <laughs> <laughs> Disney in his grave. Yeah, be, yeah. Um, that's my facts. I think good it, facts. I'm just trying to think of any other ones which I didn't write down because these are all related to the park. Mm. Um, there was lots about the films, but I'm glad There's you quite a the films. few about um, Walt Disney as well. Uh, yeah, his um, hatred of facial hair. His hatred of facial hair. He um, built a. A big model railway in his back garden. He had one in his room. He was obsessed with trains. Yeah, he built like a massive one in his back garden, and it had tunnels because his wife didn't want him going over the flower beds. Oh, duck under <laughs> with his trains. Um, uh, he also had an apartment. Yeah, above. Yes, this, it's in the is castle. It oh, is that? Um, yeah. So it depends what park you're at. Oh, with. right. It's in the castle, so he stayed there every now and then, and it's been left in the same condition. I thought that was one above, like, a saloon or something in, I think he on Main two, Street. Because I have heard of... There's one in the castle. Mm. Yeah, um, there is one. In, celebrities can stay yes, in the one in yes, the castle. Yes, in the castle. And then there was the one in the saloon. I think it's all I above the saloon I think that one's the one that's left. Yeah, that one is. Exactly as he left it. But there's a club as well. You're not allowed to drink on the premises. There's no alcohol mm-hmm. served unless... It, I think it's the 33 club. And I think it only has 33 members or something. Um, and they're all like rich people and you can go and have a drink and stuff and then 
if you're really famous, they'll show you like the castle and stuff like the apartments. Yeah, and stuff. yeah, because loads of people are quite disappointed with the castle. Like when I was doing my research, because it's literally like a restaurant, and oh, then I it? think there's like another restaurant, and then it's just apartments up, but you can't. You can't go up. I don't think so. I think you have to pay a lot of money. Yeah. I think you will be able to get a room there and stuff, but it'd be extortionate prices. Mm. But it's not like there's no rooms like Cinderella's room yeah, or anything that's that you can just go look around. It's better from the outside, though, isn't it? Really, with its yeah. fake bricks. Um, I think that that thirty three club has a li- a waiting list of like hundred and forty four years as well. Well, you're never gonna. What's the point in going on that waiting know. list? I don't know. Just in case. Just hope you wipe everybody else out <laughs> on it. <laughs> um. So that was our reports on Disney. Thank you mm-hmm. for the reports on the female animators and something I've never heard of before. Yeah, I know. Very me interesting. And there were some facts about Disney World. Mm-hmm. Good ones. Yeah. No explosives. No explosives. Um, should we wrap up? We've got a um, Facebook page you can go and like now. Yeah. Search. Give us a like. It's at Idiots Talk History, isn't it? Yeah, it's just Idiots Talk History. Just search on Idiots Talk History on Facebook. And it's the same on Instagram at Idiots Talk History. Brilliant. Look at us, social media savvy all of a sudden. I know. 55, 54 episodes in, whatever it is. Um, so we're not out of date. We are social media savvy. I'd just like to point out. And we I'm could not. have done this. Yes. You are. I've I've been on social media. I don't have the app on my phone. This, that's app. due to memory rather than <laughs> choice. I just forget. Oh, do you mean um, phone memory? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're not even funny. Uh, we have a Twitter. You can search again. Idiots talk history. No, or it's no, actually it's at, at idiot, idiot history, history pod because I've made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can email us gmail at idiothistorypod at gmail dot com. Yep. But you can find all these details in the show notes below. In the show notes. And also, you find the link to our email on our Facebook page. Yeah. We'll link them all. Don't worry. We're going to be getting photos up. You get to see our beautiful faces. Yeah. And then we'll take pictures when we go to Disney. Yeah. Meet you all. And leave us a review on iTunes or or any other um, podcast app. That just reminded me that for some reason... Um, a guy who has reviewed us on iTunes, who has previously put five stars, he's changed. He's it. not. Ch- I think he's accidentally changed because the review still says the same thing, but now it says two stars. And his name is Horny in Demand. <laughs> and if you're listening, Horny in Demand, I think you should um, reconsider. It's definitely an accident. I forgive you. Um, <laughs> right. And um, thanks for listening. Yes, thank you. Go back and listen to our previous episodes. As we yes. mentioned, Haley's Comet, Christmas episode. Last week we did a episode all about the Boston Marathon to pioneering female runners. Yeah, it was a good one. It was, thank you. I wrote it. We're all about the girls recently. We are. Girl power. Okay. And, <laughs> um, yeah, we'll see you next week for a new topic. We will. Thank you. Bye. 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 <laughs>